All right, we are live. Welcome, welcome. This is the Community Solidarity Response Network. This is our weekly webcast where we talk about some of the things that we've done in the past week, uh, the things that we're working on right now, this second, and some of the things that we got coming up. I'm Brother Washington Muhammad. I use the pronouns he, him. I'm one of the co-founders of PSRN, along with Mike Leonardi and Jabril Bay. This is the headquarters of Black Lives Matter and Justice or else here in Toledo. And um, Jabril Bay and Mike Leonardi had this crazy idea uh, seven years ago that you could advocate for justice, equality, and freedom and be outside of religion and politics and things like that. And their vision worked because we're here right now. What we're going to do right now, and, and as all look, and today, I have on uh, a black walking suit, a black tee. I've got black pants and black boots. So I'm like that black on black on black. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> not gonna say that. Um, and as always, then I got a fresh haircut today. All right, they cut it all off, so no fro. Today I've got my gray and blue glasses on by Optigo by uh, Twix in between. And this sister, Kristen Moncrief, has a bus that she parks up at Swainfield, but you can find her on Facebook. Uh, hit her up, make an appointment, get you some glasses, reasonably priced, uh, extremely stylish. And as always, I'm dedicated to protecting, respecting, and defending all black bodies, no matter the cost, no matter the gains or loss. Uh, this is our weekly podcast. What I'm going to do right now is to pass it over to, hey, a new face at CSRN, she's in charge of all of our research. Yeah, you just clap it. Somebody just clap it up a little bit, except for Jody, because Jody's busy. Um, so, Brianna, could you introduce yourself, what you have on, and a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Brother Washington. My name is Brianna Camden, and I'm a senior at the University of Toledo. As he said, I'm in charge of the research that we've been working with. Um, I got on some black leggings as Brother Washington is. He's got uh, all black, but um, I guess my shoes match my pants. <laughs> kind of new. Yeah, we're going to introduce Joey. See how ready to go she is? All right, all ready to do. Went after the revolution before? All right, but anyway, hey, that's our sister, all right? That's why they leave. See, that's Brother Washington switching up the order and stuff is okay. He trying to be on his phone like me, but <laughs> okay. that's okay. Everything ain't for everybody. So what's up, everybody? Jody J. Summers, child of the system, better known as Spoken Truth. I am a brown-skinned, big bear tone of a man discovered in tattoos, crystals. My clothing is locally sourced from entrepreneurs or small business owners. I go by the pronouns him and we. And this is our mission statement. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in weekly, as you've done for nearly seven years. We appreciate you so much. I just want to say spring and summer is coming around, so just prepare yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally, because life is draining, and doing the work that we do is especially draining when court dates and things reoccur that caused so much trauma last year. 
But here's our mission statement. We are the Community Solidarity Response Network of Toledo, formed on November 25th, 2014, the day after it was announced that the killer, a Ferguson, Missouri police officer of Michael Brown, an unarmed teenager, would not be indicted. We bring awareness to the injustice experienced by Black men, women, and children who are disproportionately murdered, attacked, provoked, and harassed by law enforcement. Police brutality has to end. We bring awareness to the fact that most often police brutality goes without consequence and accountability. Police impunity has to end. We utilize the tactics of protests, civil disobedience, event destruction, and citizen advocacy to give voice to those who are otherwise voiceless. All right.
Um, let me text uh, Rennell. We got Rennell um, Pharrell on today, and we've got her on the side doing um, um, some beta testing for us. So let me bring on Rennell. Okay. Sorry for everybody out there that might have been watching. You know, yeah, technical um, difficulties right. and stuff like that. Things happen. Technology isn't perfect, neither are people. So, all right. I appreciate you hanging on there. All right. So, for right now, Rennell, um, how are we sounding on your end? Is it a little bit better? Is it still pausing? Sounding a lot better. Okay, no great. Pausing. Okay, great, great. So what we're gonna do, and we're doing this called a fishbowl. That's when you uh, readjust and everybody see it, so it's all good. Um, we're gonna have Brianna start with our guiding principles. We're gonna take a short break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about um, uh, community violence and some of the things that we could look for in our youth and some of the things that we could do. All right, are you gonna be ready for that, Rennell? I will be ready. All right. All right, we are back. This is the Community Solidarity Response Network. As you see, regardless of what happens, hey, you see our bounce back. That bounce back is strong. We've been live the whole time. All right, well, that's what? <laughs> it's all good. Well, you even saw what happens when um, things don't go as planned with black people. All right, hey, oh, we're resourceful. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to be talking about self-care and being resilient and making sure you can properly adjust and people saw it live. Yeah, and this is a podcast officially now. So, you know, things happen in podcasts that wouldn't happen on a normal scripted television show where you get to cut out and edit parts you don't like. This is life. Raw material. All right, okay. I didn't know it was raw material, but okay, all right. All right, hey, um, Rihanna, uh, we're gonna be reading our, our guiding principle. This is one of the things that uh, we got from the movement of Black Lives back in 2015, and we adopted it to what we do, made some little changes so that it kind of um, applies to us in, in Toledo. Could you read? And then we got an ashe at the end of each statement. Mm -hmm. Tell me when you're ready. All right. So the guiding principles for the Community Solidarity Response Network. All Black Lives Matter. Queer Black Lives, Trans Black Lives, Formerly and presently incarcerated Black lives, poor and working class Black lives, differently abled Black lives, Black men and Black women's lives, immigrant Black lives, Black elderly and children's lives, all Black lives matter and are creators of this space. We throw no one under the bus, we rise together. Ashe? Ashe! Thriving instead of surviving. Our vision is based on the world we want not the one we are currently living in. We seek to transform, not simply react. We want our people to thrive, not just exist. Think beyond the impossible. Ashe? Ashe. Experimentation and innovation must be built into our work. Embrace the best tools, practices, and tactics, and leave those behind that no longer serve us. Ashe? Ashe. Evaluation and assessment must be built into our culture. Critical reflection must also be a part of all of our work. We learn from our mistakes and our victories. Ashe? Ashe. Principled struggle can exist in a positive environment. We must be honest with one another by embracing direct and loving communication. Ashe? Ashe. 
Self-love is practiced in every element of what we do. Love and self-love must be a driver of all of our work and an indicator of our success. Without this principle and without healing, we will harm each other and undermine our movement. Ashe. Ashe. 360 degree, 360 degree vision. We honor past struggles and wisdom from elders. The work they do builds the foundations of movements of tomorrow. We consider our work on future generations. Ashe. Ashe. Self-care means we build resilient spaces by budgeting time, energy, and resources for healing. Self-care is a regular, consistent, and intentional, essential practice. Ashe. Ashe. The most directly affected people are experts of their own lives and should be in leadership at the center of our movement and telling their stories directly. Ashe. Ashe. Training and leadership development should be fundamental. Our movement must constantly grow and leadership must constantly multiply. Ashe. Ashe. All right, man. Okay. And what does Ashe mean, Brother Washington? Ashe means one who changes a thing or one who makes a thing happen. Hey, thank you, everybody. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with Elder Renell Perel. Um, so stay tuned. This is the CSRM Video Minutes. Come right back. Did you know? Addiction is a disease, not a moral dilemma. The opioid epidemic and substance use have a major impact on communities of color and many people's lives. Wasion Wellness Recovery Support Center offers culturally relevant, inpatient and outpatient behavioral health treatment and recovery support services to any Ohioan struggling with addiction, mental health, or finding sober safe housing. We must recognize that treatment is available and accessible to all. If you are in need of treatment or want to find out more information, you can call 1-888-728-2713 to talk to someone or schedule an appointment. Uh, we are back. This is the Community Solidarity Response Network. This is the home of Black Lives Matter and Justice or Else. We've got a treat for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about saving our youth. Uh, and I have someone that I've known for um, a couple of years, all right? Don't give it away, all right? Uh, Elder Brunel, uh, how you doing today, sister? Hey, Brother Washington, and we've known each other for longer than a couple years. Okay, all right, all right. So for the listeners out there, it's all right. It's all it's all good. Brother hey, Washington, my, my name is Elder Rennell Farrell. Okay, did I say Farrell? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, Farrell. Like, okay, let my people, like, let my people go, Farrell. Elders for permission to start. And Jody will sleep at the wheel, obviously. 
Brianna was asleep at the well, and we even got Julian here, and he didn't even chime in. Uh, so, Elder Rennell, is it okay for us to continue and start our broadcast tonight? Yes, you may. All right. Um, we want to talk about saving our youth, and I I was watching a Facebook Live that you that you had uh, did earlier, and it touched on some things that uh, I haven't heard a lot of us talk about. Um, what would you say to a lot of the parents that, man, that are that are losing, we're losing our children, all right? Uh, what are some of the things that you would say? What are some of the things that, that are on your mind when you see this happen? Um, well, first of all, I, I want to say that um, my heart is broke. Uh, it, 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 many of us parents are losing our children. We're losing our children by way of murderers. Uh, by other kids killing our, our kids. Um, I'd like to say that there is a reason behind that. Um, I said it earlier, I feel like um, a couple things, matters of the heart, that our heart, their hearts are wicked and nobody's listening to them. Um, and when I say that, when I say that nobody's listening, these kids are crying out for help. The only way that they know how. Um, I feel like we need to give our kids the tools to succeed. I feel like these kids need a purpose. Um, right now they're trying to find their purpose, um, and they're trying to find it in a negative way. I feel like we have enough basketball courts. We have plenty of, uh, things for them to do. I think that we need to meet these kids where they are, find out. Uh, the purpose, find out their purpose. And if they don't under, they don't know what their purpose is, why don't we help them find a purpose? They're running rampant around here. So without a purpose, what do you do? You run wild. So what, what would you say? Um, well, for you, have you ever had a, have you ever ran a youth program before? Uh, and if you did, what are some of the things parents should be looking for if they if they are able to connect with their uh, young person and to have them in a program? What would the parents be looking for in in a program that the young people could be involved in? Well, thank you for asking, uh, Brother Washington. I ran a program called Girl Sense Young Girls on the Move, and it was for girls um, ages well, actually grades first grade through through senior in high school, some of the things that we did was number one, I listened to them. I wanted to know what they needed before I even did, before we even started the program. I met with girls around the city of Toledo to find out what is it that, that, that they needed? What could I bring to them? Instead of me saying, this is the program. Uh, I wanted to know what they needed and what they needed, number one, is someone to hear them someone they, they could depend on. They needed help with homework. They also needed to be um, introduced to things that they wouldn't otherwise be introduced to, like college tours. Um, that was one of the exciting things that our, our girls did. Um, another thing that we did is we, I got them involved with the community. You know, we planted pinwheels for, uh, for uh, abused children. I made like they were needed. People, children, 
teenagers, we all want to be needed. And so if we just sweep them to the side or if we're just giving them what we think they need, that for what? What what would be the reason for that? For our own um our our, our own happiness? No. Our own edification? No. We need to talk to them. Go to the source, find out what they need, and let's try to deliver on those things. I gave those young girls tools to succeed. And that's what our youth, that's what they're missing, the tools to succeed today. They don't have that. You know, everybody has something to say about what they're doing. How about listening to what they're doing and why they're doing it? You know, we got... Go ahead, Brother Washington. Yeah, uh, also on, on the Facebook Live today, um, whenever something like this happens in our community, um, a lot of us will resort to the candlelight vigils. Um, I attend them. Some of us will go to their house and, and visit people that I n- never visit. Uh, and, and we always say, uh, the same thing, um, if there's anything that I can do. Um, what happens after a parent loses their child? What what happens to the community? What happens to all of that help? Um, what do you, you know, what do you say to us out here uh, that want to help? What are some of the things that we really need to be doing and really need to know, uh, Rennell? Well, Brother Washington, what we failed to say in the very beginning is that um, I am a mother of a murdered child. And so I actually understand what parents are going through when our children are murdered. When our children are taken away from us. And so I'm glad you asked that because when the doorbell stops ringing, when the text messages stop, um, we're by ourselves. And so um, what we need sometimes is just people to be quiet. We just need somebody to talk to sometimes, somebody to listen. Don't try to fix my hurt. Mm, yeah. There's nothing that you can do to heal this pain. I say that a Band-Aid can't heal it. Liquor won't numb it. Mm-hmm. An aspirin won't make that pain go away. So what I'm saying is we need people to just be there. And when we do need something, let us let us call you. Let us reach out then. But to bombard us with, let me know when you need something. Well, I always need something. I can use a hug. I mean, there. I always need something. But... As a person that's going through the pain, at that time, we don't know because there's nothing that you can do to to heal that heart. But, Brother Washington, you said something about the candlelight visuals and, and things of that nature. That is the perfect time, the perfect time, because you have all of these people, all of these young people out here who participate in those the, who's affiliated in gangs, who participate in the street and the street violence. That's the purpose, perfect, perfect time to say, hey, what do you think could have prevented this? What are you mm. missing in your life? Let's, 
want to hear you. This is the time I want to hear you. Yes, we're here for Timothy Trainum, my son, but now that he's gone, what could have prevented this? You're the closest thing out there to my son. What could have prevented this? Because we say, see something, if you see something, say something. What's, right. the, reason why, what's the reason why they aren't saying anything? That's right. But that's the perfect time to talk to these young people. Don't, you know, we when I say meet them where they are, they're right there. Meet them where they are. They're right there. So we're missing it right there. You know, we're, we're they're not on this fake. They're not on this. They're not listening to the podcast. They're not on my Facebook page. They're not listening to the news. So, so how are they listening to what we think the solutions are? We, we keep saying to these kids who's not listening, tell me what you need. How can we prevent this? Well, we need to go to the source. Not you, not, not me, not the, not the adults in the street. Go to the source. The kids who are killing people. The word on the street that is really, really, really young boys out here that's shooting right. people. That's, I mean, young boys. And what I really believe in is that there's no consequence for, for them when they're young. Like, a snap on the hand, and then guess what? They go right back outside and do just what they were doing, but to a higher degree. Yep. Because it, it's just it's just like this. They're doing, you know, they're getting they go to a counselor. The counselor doesn't know what they want. That's book stuff. What about street stuff? That's right. That's right. They're, they're smart, yes. But again, we have to meet these kids where they are. And because we're not spending time with them for real, for real, we missing it. We're trying to be so sophisticated, so educated, and we're missing the buck. These kids will tell you what they want, how they want it, how much they want it for. That's right. If we, if we listen and if we go and wave the white flag, like y'all, we give up. Tell us what you need to stop killing people. Because the here's the at the end of the day, that person who took my son, my son is in glory. I am the one. My family, we're the ones that are suffering. So was that their plan when they took him to make the family suffer? Because they're not, my son isn't suffering. So how about educating them? Oh, hey, my son is not suffering. I'm the one. But they think That's they're right. doing something big by taking, by taking these kids' lives and they're not. So what was the plan in the beginning to make Timothy's mom suffer? Mm. They don't know. That's right. That's so, right. They don't know. So like I said, many of these kids are repeated offenders. And they're getting a, a, a slap on the hand. Like, what is the consequence? Seriously, what is the consequence for a stealing a car? for um, robbing, robbing someone, because it only gets higher. That's it right. Only, it only elevates to something different. What's the consequence for selling drugs? For hanging out when after, after curfew? That's you right. know, think about um, it. 
Elder, um, Jody had a, a comment. Did you have a comment? Well, yeah. Um, basically the same thing. I, I run in a whole lot more circles now than I did when I was that age. But the mm -hmm. stuff when I was that age, I would not be listening to this. I'd be trying to survive or trying to find some other rule to break because it was fun. The consequence. I understand that all too well because I'll never have a mom to go back to and, and say I'm sorry or stuff like that. And we don't drill that into the head enough, especially in small connected cities like Toledo, which every weekend is this. And I have a friend, I do want to shout out Malik for your attempt and continuing doing that. It, it's difficult. It's hard. There aren't no big homies no more. This isn't, I'm going to threaten you into not doing something. They don't care. It's, it's, we stopped listening to them. I said it last week on the 419 podcast. We had a march for our lives. They had a march for our lives. And the next year, us as adults with grants and money to get and a, a face to put on the news took it from them. Wow. But I hope that through what well, all we seen last year, what we see, because this summer and spring is coming. Now you're going to be outside yeah. the house. Now all this other energy and stuff, and like you said, basketball parks and all these camps and stuff, that's kind of telling them what they should do with their energy and talent. I liked it as a kid somewhat, but it made me more aggressive because then I had somebody to compete against, and that just led to, I'm not getting the scholarships, and I got to compete in the streets. What's the closest thing to the street? The dope boy. That's right. So, and it's yeah. and I feel like it's really difficult to to try and re re like redirect these young kids because you don't want to see them end up in the carceral system. You want to see them be grow up and be successful and have a life of their own. But it's hard because the society our society is structured to just punish instead of focusing on restorative justice and helping people get resources and following their interests so i'm i'm sorry for your loss and i thank you for coming today but i just i feel like that's another thing that's difficult to attack is we don't have an all we don't have a lot of alternatives to correcting this behavior and to try and not make it a pattern <laughs> see that's the closest thing for our generation the generation we're speaking to that put you on the spot but the, right. the generation we want to reach is right here in the middle Right. So, Brianna, let me ask you something. So uh, I, I'm not saying that I don't believe in rehabilitation because I do. But at what age do you start rehabbing them? Uh, you know, and at the first in the first grade, because in the fifth grade. In the fifth grade, they're out there robbing, stealing, killing, selling drugs. And so should we start teaching Should community start teaching this in the first grade? Hey, you have a purpose, and your purpose is bigger than selling drugs, killing, you know, stabbing, taking what you want. Right. I mean, so when do you start teaching this? And I and yes, I'm talking to your your age bracket. Um, That's right. You know, what, you know, uh, for about 20 years, um, I worked in youth prevention, and every few years. We, at one point, we thought that we needed to reach them in high school. 
Then right. after a couple of years, we realized that we needed to reach them in junior high. Now here we are. Um, some of us that are in, not all of us, but enough of us to make cause this problem. Some of us in prevention and treatment are comfortable. And when you talk about meeting them where they are, uh, some of us don't want to go outside of our offices. So if you can't, if you can't meet me on my Zoom, young man, if you don't look at my Facebook, young man, if you don't come to my church, mosque, synagogue, or temple, uh, but we're not we're not reaching them. We're, a lot of us are comfortable in our jobs that's supposed to be uh, teaching our youth, uh, inspiring you know our youth. So yes, uh, we do have to get up out of our our, our comfort zone and our spaces of comfort, or else we'll always be losing. We're failing. We're failing, Brother Washington. Yeah. We, we had right. a 14-year-old, a 14-year-old that was murdered last night. My heart is grieving. And six, since the beginning of the year, my heart is grieving. Mm -hmm. And so again, back to Meeting, going to where they are, waving the white flag, saying, hey, we want to hear you. We need to go on the north, south, east, and west. We want to listen to you. We have to do that. I mean, it's imperative. I feel like this is a pandemic. Yes. <laughs> this, right. is a pan this is a pandemic. You know, before, uh, Renelle, before we, Elder, before we go on our break, uh, I have one other question to ask. But I wanted to shout out some programs that I know of that, that do make a difference. And there are a lot of young people that are, are making the right choice. And yes. there's a program right here on the campus of uh, St. Martin de Porres. It's called um, Breaking Chains, Making Changes. And uh, they're upstairs of us right now. Uh, and obviously, they have a lot of young people that are um, that are active right now in this program. So if anybody's watching this, if you if you wonder what are what are we what are we going to do? Well, there are some people that's already doing the work. There's another program called the Chess Program. This is with a guy named Kenneth Carswell. Uh, he teaches American Sign Language mm. in chess, and his program is always full of young people. But with your support, with with our donations. I'm sure that he could do more. There's Tremaine, Tremaine uh, Rayford and the program, um, Young Men and Women for Change, Sean Mahone. I've known Sean for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And he has been consistent with his um, boot camp. <clears throat> and he just recently had a dose of reality uh, session. So seek out him. Seek out Dr. Tracy uh, Perryman with Center for Change. She's making a difference. Um, Brothers United with Avis Files. Yes. Hey, I need to get on some of these people's payroll because I'm I'm shouting <laughs> them out. And I don't mind doing that. Brother Rashawn at Soul City Boxing. Um, Mystery Music with with uh, um, the brother Eric who he's, his parents at one point were the band leaders and band teachers at Scott, super mm -hmm. famous family. I don't know why I can't remember their last name, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, a lot of programs. All right. Mission. Say that again. The Arts Commission has a youth program. Uh, in, in years past, that's one of the things 
we've always tried to stray away from being that, oh, you can't be an artist and, and be tough, but I break hearts every day with my words and my books and my artwork. And a lot of it is, it helps you to externalize that pain. Right. Yeah. You don't have to go to school and learn from some famous art teacher. You just need to be you and right. find a canvas that fits you. Right. And if there's anyone that's watching this, say what's up in the chat. Um, Jody took my phone away because I can't do two things at the same time. But say what's up with us in the chat. Um, Google some of these programs. Uh, I saw uh, a local radio DJ, um, Fred Lefebvre, who um, who I follow on Facebook. He mentioned a program called Pathways for Successful Leadership. Uh, junior Role Models with Coach T. Coach T, if you're out there, you are not returning my calls. And, and I'm going to holler at you, all right? I'm gonna holler at you. Uh, Sign you with Sign Your Organics. She has um, yes. some things happening. She's got something happening with you. What Saturday. are you doing with Sign Your Organics? Okay. And how are you getting paid twice? But anyway, anyway, an Impact Toledo with uh, Ty Cleveland. There are all of us. Look, I'm taking the L personally for <laughs> recognizing that I'm not doing enough. All right. So I, I'm willing to take responsibility for my failure uh, and and I know that I can be more engaged. All of us can do more. Or yes. even if it means to promote the programs that are already uh, making a difference, even if it means to uh, put my hand in my pocket and pull out a crisp $100 bill and donate. You know, they need our support. All right? Absolutely. They need our support. Lastly, uh, Elder Rennell, how did you make it? You know, um, I was I I was with you, yeah. knowing you um, when 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 Timmy was taken away. Um, a lot of us don't bounce back like you do. That you're able to talk with people on how to get through. How did you do it? What happened, well, Brother Washington? Um, let me tell you something. I'm getting through. I'm not there yet. It's a. It is a process, and it is a. I'm progressing every day, and sometimes I go back, and sometimes I go forward. Um, and so uh, God is my. He's my helper. He's my keeper. Uh, he's my comforter. I have a wonderful husband. I have um, a great family. Um, and every day I, I just try to keep pushing through. Now I don't, I miss the mark a lot, but I understand that this is bigger than me. I believe that my son's death was not about him. I believe that um, there are people out there that need to know that um, they have a purpose, that they're loved, that they have a purpose, that they're loved. And so that keeps me going. That that keeps me going. That that keeps me um, living. You know, I, I just feel like that. I, I I have a quick question though. Do you believe that we should just focus on um, kids who are doing well, no. or uh, people who we think that we can save? No. Um. No. From 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 uh, from my work. Um. This is a multi pronged approach okay. because 
the young people that appear to be doing well, um, that's just my assessment from what they look like from the outside, all right? right? So I think that those of us that can work with our young people that are that appear to be challenged, we need to meet them where they are. Yeah. Get off these zooms and meet them where they are. And not lose sight at the young people that are struggling, but on the outside look like they're doing well. But right. on the inside, they could be losing it. So all of us need to jump in this at whatever our skill level is. And just because I do a good job from nine to five, I need to volunteer my services beyond five o'clock. Yeah. Because a lot of us that do this type of work, I'm Superman from nine to five. All right. But when I get off work, that's when I, I should be volunteering my time. Right. And on, on the weekends to make myself available. So, yeah, it's a multi-pronged approach to this. And all of us need to be committed uh, at whatever our skill level is, uh, Elder, at whatever right. our skill level is. So, so just really quick, I do want to go back. I Like I said, I am, I'm, I'm going to be forever um, healing, but um, I just feel like I cannot afford and I don't mean monetarily. I can't afford to lay in the bed in a fetal position because then my son, my son's death would be in vain. I, I, I don't want them to, to paralyze me. I don't want to be petrified. Um, and I haven't yet figured out um, exactly what my purpose is in that. I, I do believe that um, because my son was home for a small time, I do believe that um I'm, I'm leaning towards a homeless shelter for uh for timothy only right. ages only ages 18 to 25 my son was 21. imagine imagine living under have you ever been i know you've been up under the bridge where you see all of these ho homeless kids right yeah yes, my, my, my son told me one of the reasons the thing about it was when he was in that shelter for not not even a whole month he said mom I can't be in here with oh, excuse my language, old crackheads, alcoholics, uh, drunks, people stealing. I mean, he, how, how could he get his life together when he was afraid to close his eyes? Yep. Ages 18 to 25, these young men, Timothy's house is what I wanted to be called. These young men need a place to for real rehab, to for real close their eyes and go to sleep and not feel threatened. To for real have somebody who who cares for them, to help them with a purpose, help them figure out their purpose, dress them for success, give them tools to succeed, let them know that they are skilled, that there are skilled schools out here that they can get skills um, at to make a great future so they can be they can be great people in our community. These gang, these kids that are in gangs, they feel like they can't be an effective uh, community person because what do they have to offer? And look at us adults. Yeah, you're right. You ain't doing nothing right. You can't do nothing right. All you can do is steal. All you can do is cuss. You don't go to school. So when are we going to speak life into them? That's right. When, you know, when are we, like I said, going to have some for real talk with them? That life, number one, is hard. 
That is not easy. But if you do this, it, you know, but if you do this, but if right. you do that, things will be better for you. And you have all of these people supporting you because they feel alone. When my son died, before he died, um, he said to me, he said, mom, you're the only one who loves me. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, the church was packed. It was a full house. But why did he feel like he, nobody loved him? That's how these boys feel. Like nobody cares about them. Like they don't belong. Like this is what they have to do to feel like they're a part of us. Because society is pushing them away because they don't meet the mark. Because they didn't make the football team or they didn't make the basketball right. team. You know, or their grades are only C's and D's. Well, guess what? For, formal education isn't for everybody. Get out, right. and get out of school and get a, a vocation. But who's but who's being for real with them? For real, for real. Who's being for real? And so that's what Timothy's house, if if God willing, if I could ever get it going, that's what Timothy's house is going to give them. And I, you know, I believe in God. God is my everything. But that's not what these kids want to hear right now. That's right. We have to, we have to right. get their trust. We have to get them to trust us. We have to make them believe that we care about them and that they, what they have to say is important. And so again, well, Elder, they're not listening to this. We got to go where they are. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Elder Rennell, thank you. Thank you. This is what everybody needed to hear. Um, get out, meet our youth where they are, and we can't act as if we're afraid of our young people. No. Let's get out of the habit of being afraid of what we as adults have uh, produced. One of the things that we would always talk about in prevention, and particularly uh, set, we would talk about children are actors, and they yeah. tend to act out what they see in us as adults. When they see us as fraternities, gang banging, when they see us in the faith, ministries gang banging when they see us in the political arena gang banging then we are their examples yeah so as we're asking them to make that change we need to be able to make a change in ourselves or they'll find us to be hypocritical of the things that we're asking them to do that we're not willing to do so yes. uh, so all of us have a part to play in this and and our children are watching us find your so, lane in that part that's right that's find right. your lane that's sister right. brianna thank you brother jody thank y'all for having me brother washington you're always awesome thank you guys thank you thank you. thank you and and i hope that you'll come back soon so that we can talk about uh, our community matters yes. of the heart and how we can reach their soul thank Absolutely. you so listen everybody this is the csrn uh podcast our weekly video podcast stay tuned we'll be right back
Hey, I'm Dr. P. Not only am I a leadership coach, I'm a change agent, and I'm a race scholar. I've used my study of race to dismantle systems and organizations, but I also use that to help you as the individual become a better leader for your families and for your community. speaking truth. Uh, what we want to do is, I kind of got to process that mm -hmm. just a bit. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you all, what did you think about what Elder said? That way I can pay attention to some stuff over here. So, Brianna, what did you think about what Elder uh, Rennell, uh talked about our youth and some of the things that we need to do? And then I'm, we'll pass it to I've been waiting for this one. Um, I think the root of these issues stems a lot from capitalism and toxic masculinity. I think that's what is kind of the elephant in the room that, you know, we, those shape our environment. And I feel like it's really hard to change the youth and change a person when they remain in the same environment. Um, toxic masculinity is, you know, it's hurting men and women. Men suffer from it because they're told that they need to be strong. They need to, you know, be the leaders. And so when they fall behind on that or they don't feel like they're adhering to a certain standard, then you then you have mental health problems and you start looking to external external validation. You're not able to validate yourself because you're insecure about who you are because society has told you what it means to be a man instead of you defining yourself as a man. Um, and you know, it's obvious how toxic masculinity hurts women and young women as well. But since we're specifically talking about young black men this evening, I feel like it's important to point out the way that it especially harms black men as the stereotype of being the over aggressive, um, you know, rapacious, 
you know, just beast, those racist stereotypes that still carry on today that dehumanize our black men into thinking that they have to be somebody else and it's hurting our community. And um, I also want to mention how capitalism is killing our communities. And she talked about how people aren't getting time to talk with their children and get to the resource of the issue. And those are valid. I feel like I feel like if you think about it, it's it stems back to people working so much. People are so busy with work trying to pay the bills, especially in these hard times of this pandemic that nobody has extra time to go out and do youth outreach and ask about people in their communities because our society is based on individualism and personal gain that it's hard for people to see that outside of themselves. And so I feel like if we all start investing in our communities and building up community structures that empower our, that empower each other, um, then that's when we can start to change our environment. And then that's when we'll start to see people change with that. When we stop putting so much emphasis, or maybe when we don't have to put so much emphasis on working and being a mode of production, that's when we can turn back into family values and really get to um, rebuild a strong structure. Because, you know, the Black community has a long history of families being broken up. It started with slavery, and it continues today, especially through our carceral system. So I feel like if these are issues that we want to try and work to bring repair to, we need to talk about how toxic masculinity and capitalism are killing our community, especially. Okay. Um it's awesome that you get to follow that. Um, Jody, we just got finished talking to um, to Elder Rennell, and and I'm glad that she was um, uh, willing to share her experience with <clears throat> losing a child. And, and that's something that a lot of us can't relate to, but a lot of us are going through that right now. What was some of your thoughts in hearing her speak, speak her truth, Jody? Thought it was good, and it, it's definitely one of the things where, kind of beginning now that lockdowns and all this stuff is over, to remember to talk to each other. But now we've access to all these little blank portals that we don't really have to emote to each other. It, it just got to be a quick quib or some what is it, Twitter Vine? I'm getting closer to TikTok. It. TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you know when you're old? When you say bye, all right? Hey, oh, no, that's all right. I got you today. All to right. me, it's all the same thing. Okay. It's a yeah, yeah. blur of what Show somebody... Show me your age. <laughs> Thank you, Bianca. I'll take it back to chat room. Okay. <laughs> but it, it's still the same thing. Yes, that sir. We try and get all of these emotions flooded into one little small sentence. And after that sentence, you said you're better. I'm done. You said that um, you don't need help at this very moment when I want to help you. That's a lot of problem. I, I I haven't lost a kid, but again, I've lost a parent to not police brutality, violence, but to murder, serial killer murder. <clears throat> and it's something that I'm never going to get back. It's something that I'm pretty sure the person who did it multiple times wasn't thinking about their family. They were thinking about that initial rush 
of how I'm powerful in this moment and that nothing's stronger than me. And it's taken me a lot to get over that. Uh, this is six years of being an entertainer. Birthdays in a couple of days, anniversaries and stuff. But every year, her birthday or when someone dies or I have to show up to her funeral or I have to think about that again, that I can understand your pain in the sense of loss. I'm never going to be fully there with you. So I can't be upset if you push me away or I hear from you three years from now and you need some assistance. We don't have that establishment set up to um, where we talk about prevention and all of this stuff and we get grants for it and programs, but there's nothing to do about it when it's happening. Tell you how to prevent it. Tell you that the police is going to come after the crime is going to be committed. But that point in the middle, before it happens, before the idea pops in your head of being alone or isolated or, or trying to find somebody to fix that spot we're supposed to all have and you got to fill it up with jobs or programming and stuff but i think if we listen more to each other came out the house instead of trying to <clears throat> have a fundraiser or have something where you're supposed to be told what you do and this is why i love art so I wish I would have gravitated to it when I was younger, but I have it now and I can teach it to people. I can walk into any place, any room, anytime, anywhere, and be myself and listen. All right. Oh, I want to thank you, Jody. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up
receive our call from our brother that's in the belly of the beast um, for obvious, obvious reasons. Uh, sometimes our calls go through, sometimes they don't, but we want you to hear what's happening uh, regarding COVID uh, behind, behind bars, what's happening with justice for so many that are locked up unjustly. And this is an ever-growing thing, so we hope to listen to uh, Brother Omar soon. However, um, you see somebody with us? Um, it's Julian Mack, Golden Rule. We used to call him Black, uh, Mr. Black Lives Matter. Uh, we Well, we call him a lot of things. But we want to talk about uh, mental health and wellness. We want to talk about police reform with Brianna, who's head of our research team um, regarding that. We want to talk about George Floyd. And I really want to kind of just pass it to you. Yes. Start it out, bring Brianna in. And so what's happening with mental health? What's happening with wellness? Yeah. And what can you share with everyone here? Well, one, I just have to say, uh, it's, it's, I took some time out for myself and for my own mental health uh, for to try to directly combat uh, the difficulties, right, uh, that come with, as, as Brianna so eloquently put it just a minute ago, that come with the difficulties of uh, capitalism and the expectations uh, that are put on us as, as Black men um, and the rigged system, right, that comes with capitalism. The uh, toxic masculinity of how we're taught to respond to difficulty, how we're taught to push down our emotions in an unhealthy way. And um, so, you know, in talking about mental health, uh, I, I feel obligated to thank the community, uh, one of the Community Solidarity Response Network and the movement. You all have saved my, my life 
time and time again. And um, I thank you all for it. I thank the community um, for being so supportive also. Uh, but I did want to talk about just the uh, the trial mm -hmm. of Derek Chauvin. Not the trial of George Floyd. Make it plain. Right. The trial <laughs> of, of former officer Chauvin, the murderer. And I want to talk about just briefly how this um, affects mental health. All right. I've been had an opportunity to take some time away and to be in tune with the trauma that we experience with uh domestic terrorism that happens with our police state, right? We have a domestic terrorism problem with white supremacists, uh, but we also have a, a state-sponsored terrorism. When we see these images, these horrible images over and over again, and we have to think about what uh, that does to our mental health. So I, I just want to put this out there into the internet verse or into the universe. Uh, you can be plugged into the movement, you can do good work, and you do not have to re-traumatize yourself by watching this trial. You will still know what's going on, um, whether you watch it or not. I, I, I promise you, mm. when that verdict comes down, you will know what, what that verdict is. And, and it's important to be in tune with that and to know it's okay. It is totally okay to not have the capacity to process and watch nine a nine-minute murder over mm. and over and over mm. and, and, and to see the negligence uh, of the police state over and over and over again when we already live it. Yeah. We live it every day. We know how bad it is. We've seen the lack of accountability. Um, so prioritize your mental health first. Right. Because nobody else will. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and if you go down that dark hole, uh, that can happen from re-traumatizing yourself over and over again. You know, there is help available, but there may be nobody there to come and get you. Mm. That's the harsh reality of, of what it is. And uh, when you go down in that hole, a lot of people don't make it back out mm -hmm. of that depression, of that uh, uh, of that drug abuse, right? Of, 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 of trying to cope with, with that trauma. Um, so I, I just wanted to put that out there. I think it's important that uh, us in activist spaces, um, we prioritize self-care by saying, it's okay if you don't have that capacity right now. Uh, so that's my two cents on that. All right, um, before we before I bring, we bring up, because we're talking about George Floyd, we're talking about the police, so we're still on that. Even though we talk about a lot of stuff, we're still on on the police. All right, um, something's got to change. You know, something's going to change. Um, but I wanted to bring up one of our. Whoa, man! All right, this is our activist hotline. Having anxiety, um, depressed, or stress. Uh, for all of us in the movement, um, we have a number that you can call. Um, people that understand us, that care for us and, and, and know us, 866-712-4401. Um, give a, uh, make that call. Does not mean that uh, you have to be medicated. Does not mean that you've got to be confined somewhere. 
all of us need someone to talk to, me included. All right. All I of us need I definitely do. Right. All of us need <laughs> someone. So there's no stigma attached to getting help. Some of the strongest people I know have had to get help. All right. And, and it takes strength to know when to ask for help. Right. Right. And that's why we need to share that toxic masculinity. That is a false idea that we shouldn't add that it's strong to not ask for help. Right. You're strong <clears throat> to ask for help. It's strong to be vulnerable. Right. And, and go ahead and, and the help is there. Right. And unfortunately, as, as Brianna said, um, we got right in front of I know. Hey, <laughs> that's all right. That's all, it's, all, it's all about us, fellas. All right. No, no. But uh, unfortunately, the way that society has um, shaped and molded us as men, that we grew up thinking only the strong shall survive. We grew up thinking that uh, dog eat dog. We've grown up thinking um, survival of the fittest. You know, we've grown up thinking those types of things that always make us feel less than the celebrity that we see acting it out on TV. So yeah, um, brothers, let's let's if you gonna man up, man up and get help. All right, what about that? Let's normalize men getting help. Yeah. And breaking right. and breaking that generational cycle. Right. All right. That's right. All right. That's right. And for our for our, for our brown community, you can also, if you're having, if you're depressed, if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling stress, you the, the number is the same in Spanish. All right, eight six six. We have we have uh, comrades standing by that are bilingual. All right, so it's the same battlefield, different battles. It's different battles in the same battlefield. So all of us can fight in different ways. So some of our comrades agreed to um, be on this hotline. That's one way we fight, all right? Regardless if you uh, um, are fluent in Spanish or English, we've got many ways that we fight, all right? Uh, speaking of another way that we fight, let's talk about police reform. All right. See, senor. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Y'all show me up now. Um, listen, Brianna, you're part of our uh, research team. Um, talking about um, police reform. What are some of the things that you found in your uh, study in your research that there are ways and there are things that uh, can happen here in Toledo that can make a change, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. Sure. So when I first started doing this research, my first task was to find a city that's close to the size of Toledo's population and see what they've, what type of progress they've made for police reform. And I use Salt Lake City. They've got about 200,000 people and they've, they've made some cuts from their police department's um, budget and they are trying this new tactic called zero I think it's still in the works, but zero budget, like hmm. basically starting from the starting from zero and then rebuilding their budget that way. Um, they also have been introduced. They also have been introducing a social work program, which is basically like a police officer is paired with a social worker. Now, that's my problem with police reform is that I feel like it always seems to just be performative steps instead of getting to the root of the problem, which is the structure. And I'm actually, 
informed by this research because I'm a senior and I'm working on an honors thesis and my topic is police abolition and how it cannot exist under capitalism because it requires communal structures. Um, and so my other argument in that is that the police have, they are built off of white supremacy and they serve that interest of white supremacy. And so that's my problem. And so that's why we're looking, it's really hard in politics because you don't want to, you know, you don't always receive people very well when you use language like abolition or even defund. So I have to be careful with my choice of words. Mm -hmm. um, the second part of my research involved reaching out or no, it was just finding contacts and looking at different departments in the city for different, you know, social services. I've used like Department of Neighborhoods, um, youth outreach programs, domestic violence, mental health, different things that the police should not be in charge of. Like, and we're asking them if you were to receive extra funding, because we're working on refunding Toledo. If you were to receive extra funding, how would your department benefit and what would be your one wish to use that for? So we're hoping that that feedback kind of helps build us a stronger case because a lot of people just see police. Um, they think that taking money away from the police budget will cause an anarchy. And so it's part of this work that I'm doing is getting people more comfortable with the idea that the police don't need 33% of your taxes, like automatically. 33% of your taxes for Salido residents go straight to the police budget. And that's a lot. When you look outside across the street and you see people, you know, sleeping on the streets and not having shelter and not and being hungry and things like that. We're focusing on using the taking what we over budget of, for the police and redistributing re that into the community. And so um, that's what a lot of this work has been for me. It's been ups and downs. I also just recently took a mental health break, which was nice. I'm coming back feeling refreshed. But um, yeah, it's going to be a process. And it's going to, especially for me, because I'm young, I'm learning how the real world works. And it's not just how... You know, it's not just a college campus where everyone's there eager to learn. People are kind of, you know, set in their ways for the most part. Mm. And so it's kind of been an uphill battle trying to introduce this idea to people, staying true to my radical black self. And also, you know, I don't want to say coddling people's feelings, but, you know, getting them to work with me. So mm -hmm. I think we'll see some great things come out of it, though. All right, take a short break because we're gonna come back with Jody. Um, one month. Yeah, I, I mean, I really thank you for your research because um, it's it will be of great use. I promise you that. Um, the uh, mayor has a police reform uh, committee that has been put together, um, and I'm one of people that are on it. Uh, we did meet, just to give you an update, uh, we have met for the first time this year, um, and we met for the first time in person. Um, there've been a lot of different discussions on what exactly are the changes that have been made. The mayor is committed to say anything we can find consensus on, uh, we, can, we can change, um, which is difficult because uh, 
we have police of all different levels intertwined within these committees, yeah. right? Um, but we are still pushing hard for a civilian review board with power. Uh, we are pushing hard still in these rooms um, to refund Toledo, to defund police. And, and, and I'm so glad you use uh, using the right language matters. Abolition, right? Abolition. Um, there was a point when, you know, I mean, we need to abolish this toxic state. Right. How many times are we going to go through this talking about reform before mm -hmm. something actually changes for the better? Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And, yeah. and reforming slavery is still slavery. Exactly. There would be people out there who would say we can reform slave masters, mm -hmm. you know? Those are the same people saying that you can reform the police despite the evidence that we've seen and lived through, knowing that this is just a corrupt system that cannot be fixed. It just has to go. All right, man. Hey, boom. Look. Drop the mic right there. As you know, CSRN, we, we, we don't mince words. We, we, we tell you what it is, all right? And you're going to have to deal with that. Hey, listen, just stay tuned. We're going to come back with Jody Summers. Child of the system, spoken truth. I think we're gonna either get into Jody Bear. No, we don't call him Jody Bear. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. no, no, okay. no, no. Okay. All right, I'm not with that. Okay. All right, Jody already knows. But hey, look, hang on. We're gonna come right back. This is the CSRN Video Minutes, our weekly podcast. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com. We are back. Hey, this is the CSRN Video Minutes, our weekly podcast. Listen, this is National Women's History Month, and we want to give a shout out to our Black Queens. We had uh, Elder Rennell on earlier. Uh, last week, we had uh, CeeDee Dotson Chambers, and we had Sabrina Jamison um, Barrett. On did I say get up there to get those names right? Uh, all right, and today, hey, look, we got Brianna Camden 
All right. Hey, CSRN research team. Uh, ain't nothing to mess with. Hey, hey uh, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know about that. But hey, listen, uh, I want to just give a shout out to some of the um, women that I know that's made, uh, that are making a tremendous effort uh, in the community. I know I talked about Avis Files earlier with um, Brothers United and so many other things that she's doing. Um, Tracy Perryman, who is the CEO of Center of Hope. Uh, one of our Black Lives Matter awardees, Jody um, Tierra Armstrong. She has heart to heart. Uh, Shannon Riven. Hey, Shannon. We tried to get Shannon on earlier. We met Shannon. I think last year we went to um, at the Juneteenth celebration. We also uh, met with Shannon at uh, Reverend uh, Charles uh, Allen's church that's right there on the corners or, or on his property at the corners of Bancroft and Franklin. And this is to have some phenomenal ideas uh, regarding um, our youth. So we're going to try to contact her a little bit earlier, Jody. Just don't yeah. call the people five minutes before. Anytime things go right, we just um, praise everybody. If it goes wrong, hey, Jody is uh, it's his fault by default. I want to also give a shout out to Deidre Brown and uh, uh, David Davis Youth Center. Uh, this is a sister who has um, experienced life and she has a lot of lessons um, to tell our young people regarding street life, street organizations, and making a change. And this sister has did a phenomenal job of being consistent in our community, uh, speaking speaking the truth uh, with no chaser. And lastly, I want to shout out uh, Myrtle Boykins uh, Lighten. Why her? Because she's my boss. All right, <laughs> that's my boss. So. Uh, Ms. Myrtle, if you're watching this, uh, I am off the clock on this podcast. So, hey, and um, thank you, um, Ms. Myrtle, also for allowing me the um, the flexibility of uh, doing the job that I do and assisting me and CSRN doing uh, what we do here. I don't know if it's a little known uh, CSRN fact. Uh, we had our second Black Lives Matter Award, which was our college scholarship. Yep. Uh, no one knows uh, how much uh, Lyman Yumida and Miss Myrtle uh, uh, Boykins Lighton and her board of directors assisted us in making that a reality. So thank you, Miss Myrtle. Um, Jody, hey, listen, we want to get right into uh, anything that you had to add in our five minutes of heat. And hey, look, kind of put a wrap on this for today. Yeah, uh, we want to thank everybody again for joining us each and every week. It is always in appreciation that you come and watch the podcast or share the podcast or rewatch the podcast. Um, again, hopefully with restrictions and, and all that stuff, we will eventually get back to doing the uh, in-person meetings, which I think will be awesome. Uh, that way we get a chance to connect with you and you'll be able to respond to us directly. A lot of what you see now came from us knowing how to do the in-person meetings. And we kind of translated that into what we're doing now. Um, also, as I am the treasurer of this wonderful organization, I want to uh, do the shameless plug and let you know some of the things that you can do to help support us 
because this is a community-based funded initiative. We are not, or will never become a 50C13 because it's not for us to try and collect dollars to help people. We want to help people organically. So your donations, uh, either through the Cash App or PayPal, shout out to a lot of people, Culture Clash, that's created stuff that uh, they've donated back to us. Shout out to Gather Glass, who created the Glass Fist, not only for our Black Lives Matter Awards, but in support of everything that was happening last year, right after we had the uh, May Day. Which I think that's a good name for it uh, <laughs> uh, and everything. But um uh, those are ways to help us. We also have wristbands, buttons, yard signs, T-shirts, water bottles. Uh, my artwork is on the site. If you go to the site on our page, you can click that little blue button at the top. It'll take you directly to our website. See everything that's coming up. We will be adding more community events since it is spring and summertime. And a lot of the events are outside, so they're able to post their things. A lot of times we see a flyer fly through our social media and forget it. So a lot of them are creating uh, groups and organizations. So with that, I want to shout out some other women that are doing amazing things. This being Women's History Month, Sonia Ramel, who does the uh, Sonia Organics. about supporting us as well. Support Salido Food Not Bombs, Planned Parenthood, any organization that you see, especially after this year that's just starting up, the ones up above us. I know you guys may not hear all the stuff, but I'm pretty sure you might have heard some of the kids in the background or before we moved to Studio B. And I really need your support. Again, not everybody's looking for a government grant or a handout. So who owns the Color Arts, the Colors Art Gallery in the Swainfield Plaza, and all the businesses that are in there that not only supported us during our Black Lives Matter Awards, but are continuing to build upon entrepreneurship and not having to work for a paycheck, not having to give up time that you could spend with your kids and your family and building memories, clocking in. Um, I think that's uh, some of the things. Shout out to the Truth Art Gallery. We just held a, a <clears throat> paint event because art is important. Um, I, 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 there's no other way to put it. Uh, you'll find out in five minutes of heat in just a moment. I'm trying to think of anything else that I might have missed. No. Um, you know, we had talked earlier about uh, our brother Omar Jent, uh, uh, who's um, in the prison industrial complex in Colorado and we um, we were waiting for a call from him. Um, we're gonna get a call from him uh, and man, please if if you got family that's incarcerated, um, check on your family, um, write, um, make sure that they're make sure that they're good um, because they're not able to socially distance. 
um, behind bars. They're just not. And, and it's a horrible situation to be in, something that we're monitoring right here in uh, at LCCC, you know, right downtown to make sure our brothers that's locked down, our sisters that's locked down, um, be treated as uh, best they can. And also, um, Jody, be on the lookout for um, for Juneteenth. Juneteenth. You know, we, we, yeah. we, we, that's we, Shannon. Right, we, we, we're preparing that with, with Shannon, Miss Lady on Facebook, all right? Um, and also, um, we might be getting back to um, Bell Out Black Mamas. You know, yes. that's on our website right now. If you go to CSRN, Toledo.com, that you can support us. And we're going to be thank um, uh, Tina. Is it Tina Bell Bonds? Tina Butts. Tina Butts, Bell Bonds. All right, for assisting us. Or last, the movement. And the movement for assisting us with the um, Bell Out Black Mamas uh, last year. And lastly, either for Juneteenth or Black August, uh, we're working on getting that billboard back up. So yeah. we're going to be hitting you up again uh, to get that billboard uh, back up, show our pride and how much we love ourselves and and make that huge display for the uh, city of Toledo. Jody. And there's one more event going on that's happening. It's not going to be on the actual day. So everybody's like, uh, but uh, shout out to Endo, um, who's up at the spot. He does the Strike It Rich Entertainment. He's uh, putting on the 419 day. I believe that's that going is on. Yes. So yeah. If you always want to have something to go into, again, this weekend, you got Sony Ramel, who's doing this on your organics in a few couple weeks. You'll have the 419 day. So shout out to them and contact them if you're watching, if you would like to be a vendor, if you have some words to say of encouragement. Uh, I'm still a little bit in shock compared to my birthday last year, this year. It's kind of like the whole city is coming out to celebrate me. I know it's not just me, y'all. But yeah, so that will be a very fun event. So, we ready for five minutes of heat? There we go. I was just waiting on the cue. Okay, all right. Maybe there I you. guess he lives with his head. Oh, that's good. Never mind. <laughs> but, um, so, five minutes of heat. Again, I've, I've um, done the last couple of pieces for Women's Month. And this one I'm going to do as, as an appreciation of all people. Again, about my anniversary was March 23rd, 2015. I stepped on the stage and decided I couldn't listen to anybody no more. I couldn't learn from people who weren't really trying to teach. They were just trying to go to the next fundraising event. Mm. So I had to find out on my own. I had to go places I didn't want to go. I had to go into rooms I didn't want to go into and learn how they functioned. Because they were functioning and whatever else was going on wasn't. So uh, Simple Man. Let's begin. Peace. I would love to live up to the person people make me out to be. Strong-willed, outspoken, never, no, never sheds a tear. Always has something positive, yes, positive or inspiring to say. And always a smile, yes, always a smile upon my face. But I am just a simple man, you see, who most of the time I am filled with fear, regret, and responsibility. But hope, yes, hope, that this simple man, yes, this simple man can bring some type of unity into his community, where I bear the full weight, 
prepared for a weight that I cannot fail because there's no one, absolutely no one to catch me if I fall. Just a simple man looking for someone to trust as much as I believe in myself and not be deceived by the few lost souls whose hearts are hardened and calculating from trusting just one too many. Just a simple man that is seen through the eyes and lives of others and wants to do more for the lost, forgotten, misunderstood, outcast, yes, outcast and rejects, whose only crime is believing that there is no box. Yes, there is no box but the one that you create. You see, I'm far from being rich and too informed, just too informed to simply ask for wealth to fix it all. So I lend you my ear knowledge from past mistakes and hopes just to reach one, this one, that will evade most of the mistakes that this simple man has made the time given to him. I want more than I believe time will allow me to complete. I'm a simple man with dreams bigger than my wallet and hopes and imagination that cannot be quantified, calculated, or determined, just determined by someone's doubt. But what makes me a simple man, you see, is not faith, age, race, fear, income, or pain. Yes, pain. But the fact that while I speak, you respond. Yes, you respond. And I know I'm not alone because I still, yes, still have the attention of those I have yet to reach. In peace. And we snap our Ooh. fingers. All right, all right. I want to thank uh, Jody. Um, Brianna, Julian is off camera with our um, Solidarity Pledge, and um, he's going to be a part of our call and response uh, today. Uh, I'm going to say, I, you say your neck. Oh, he, how do you come right behind? Okay, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Julian. I'm so happy to be back, y'all. All right. I, I, say your name, Brother yes, Washington. Sir. Blessed to strive, to love my brothers and my sisters, to love my brothers and my sisters, as I love myself, as I love myself. Blessed to strive, to study to improve myself, to study to improve myself spiritually, mentally, morally, and physically, for the benefit of myself. Back, Julian. All right. Hey. All right.
Hey, welcome <laughs> Brianna. All right, welcome Brianna. All right, yeah. welcome, Brianna. welcome Brianna. And oh, if you don't know, um, our lead administrative core, we thought we we're gonna talk about women's history month, and you right. ain't even come on. Thank now. you, Ruth. Right, uh, shout, out to Ruth. shout out to Ruth. She's on self care break right now. Uh, I think I'm next. All right. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> I take no, over. I do my self-care when I when I press in meeting for all. <laughs> uh, you don't know what that means, uh, you just don't know. But uh, yeah, engage in self-care, engage in the uh, the numbers that we've um, that we listed, engage in some of the things to keep us healthy so that we can come back. And as we always say, all lives can't matter until Black, black lives, lives matter. matter, and Black lives can't matter until all, all Black lives matter. matter. Justice or else, peace. All right. Um, I'll say. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me end the broadcast. Yeah, Let me end the broadcast.